Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Who live, but it's Christ who lives in us, and you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, open your Bibles again to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13, and we want to continue from where we were last week. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 13. I tell you, it's a good thing to take what's given to us and begin to meditate on it. And as we meditate on it, it gets down on the inside of us, and then it begins to come out of us, and we begin to live what we have learned. Amen. You have not learned anything if you're not living it. So Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? You may be seated. I want to talk about again, staying focused on Jesus. It is an urgency, y'all, church, that we stay focused on Jesus. And if you stay more focused on Jesus than what you're hearing, what you're seeing, and what you're doing, you won't be doing what you're doing. You won't be saying what you're saying because your focus is so much on him. You're in the world, but you're not doing what the world does, and you're not believing in what the world is doing. The more you watch the world, the more you become a part of the world, the more you become a part of the system of the world. We are kingdom citizens. We are born of the kingdom of God. When you know where you're born from, that's where you live from. When you know where you're born from, that's where you live from. You know, you may take trips to Spain. You may take trips to Mexico. You may take trips wherever you want to go. But when you use your credit card, it is from where you were. Not for where you're going. You're going to always take your money with you, right? And you're going to swipe that card. So you're going to use what you have, amen, even though you're in another country, right? Is that true? So this is what we're supposed to do. Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world, we don't do what the world does. This is why it's so important to know who you are and to know the benefits that you have from being who you are in him. It's not about you no more. It's about him. You have to live your life according to him, according to Jesus, according to the word. So you have to stay more focused on the word than you stay focused on anything. This is why again, Proverbs 4, 20 verse, um, Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, my son, Pay attention to my words. That was not put in the Bible by mistake. 
He said, my son, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. When you pay an attention, you are inclining your ear unto the word, unto his sayings, not nobody else's. But you so attentive to what he's saying when somebody else say something, it doesn't move you. Because you're paying attention to his word. You incline in his, your ear unto his sayings. You're letting them not depart from your eyes. That means you're keeping focus on what he has said. And the more focus you keep on what he's saying, you're going to begin to meditate on that thing. It's going to take root in your heart. And then you're going to begin to get life from it. And you're going to get medicine from the word of God. So it's up to us. Um, what we want what what have you been eating what have you been gorging out on have you been gorging out on the things of the world have you been paying more attention to what the world is doing how do we pay attention to what the world is doing if our focus is so much on television if our focus is so much on material things if our focus is so much on what we're going to eat what we're going to drink how we're going to be clothed then that's what the world does If our focus is on Jesus, we're seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of doing things. And this is the promise. All these things will be added unto you. They shall be added unto you. The enemy know if I can get your focus off of the word and put your focus on the world, you're going to go after worldly things more than you're going to go after the kingdom that represents God things. You're not going to go after those things. Whatever you get accustomed to, that's what you begin to do. The more time you spend on something, that's what you become. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. And even though you know what's right, your mind, your will, and your emotions is turned from what's right because you feel like this is what you have to do to make it this is what it takes for you to be healed this is what it takes for you to be delivered this is what it takes for you to be set free when your flesh your body gets so accustomed to sin that's the way your body go without you even you know pushing it that way because you're subject to it but in this verse of scripture it says plainly who has delivered us to deliver me. He rescued us from something. He rescued us from something. So he saved us from something. Now who has delivered us? We could not deliver ourselves from sin. Now we have to stop and really think about that. You couldn't, I couldn't, nobody in this room could deliver themselves, could rescue themselves. This is why God had to become the son of God to deliver us from sin. Because sin had control over us. Sin dominated us, y'all. So God had to step in. He said they can't save themselves. They can't rescue themselves. They cannot save themselves from death. Sin represents death. He said, so I'm going to have to step in and I'm going to have to save them. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become The righteousness of God through him. The only way we could have been made right was through Jesus. It's not through anything you do that will make you right. There's no one that's good. Everybody. There's no one that's good. So we had to accept him in order to be in right standing with God. 
So he said, he delivered us. Who have delivered us? Who have rescued us? He had to do it. We could not do it. Quit thinking that you can save yourself. You couldn't save yourself from sin. You could not save yourself from death. So this is why he had to step in. Because he didn't know sin. He had no sin. So he stepped in on our behalf. He paid the price for redemption. The price have already been paid. He shed the blood for us. He did it for us. And that's what the enemy does not want us to know. He want us to be in self-righteous mode. He want us to keep trying to fix things that God has already fixed when we should be stepping into what he's already done. Come on, when you're going through financially, step into what he already done for you not to go through financially. Listen, take heed, my son, pay attention to my words when it says I have already supplied all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Step into what I have already done. Back off of what you're trying to do to get more money. If you don't get to the root of why you always broke and why you always don't have, you're going to still step into that instead of stepping into what I already done for you. More money is not going to save you. More money just make the flesh feel good because you got it. Come on, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Because when you get it, you're smiling. You act like you can do jumping jacks. Nothing ain't hurt no more because you got a bank full of money. But when you find out your money can't heal you, then you a light come on and you say, it ain't about the money, I just want to be healed. You already the healed, see? But see, you miss things, we miss things because we don't know who we are and we don't know what we have. Just like we can have storage buildings, we can pile up stuff in the storage buildings and not keep an account of what we have in those buildings. And we keep buying more and more and more. And later on we find out I had what I already bought because you didn't know what you had because you didn't miss it because you stored it away for a long time. So we have to stay in tune with what the word is saying to us. We have to stay in connection with him. He has delivered us. He has saved us. He has rescued us from the power of darkness. He took us out of that place because that place represented death. And God is about life. He is about light. He is not about darkness. So he said, I love you so much. I don't want you in that place. I know what that place brings. And I'm not about that. So I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to deliver you. Let me do it. And it ain't about what you do or how you do it or when you do it. I'm not even looking at that. He said, my love surpasses all of that. The love that I have for you, I ain't looking at what you did. I'm not looking at you. So that's what love did. He he, what delivered us. He saved us from the power of darkness because he knew that represent death. He not only saved us, he put us in a place. He didn't only save us, but he put us in a place. He transferred us into. He took us out of and put us into. This is darkness over here. This is light over here. Darkness represents death. Who want to be dead? Dead is dead, isn't it, y'all? Dead, there's no life. 
There's no living. There's nothing there. He said, I'm going to transfer you over here in my kingdom where you have Zoe, where you will have life and you will have that life more abundantly. You will have a life that keeps going on and on and on. Even when that body is buried, you still are living. That's eternal life. My life is an abundant life. It's a Zoe life. And I want to show you how to live this Zoe life on earth, this eternal life on earth before you die and still live forever God want us to show people his kingdom he want us to show people his way of living in the midst of disaster in the midst of gas prices going up in the midst of all of these plagues coming upon this land God want us to show people how we need to be living not according to darkness what they say could happen but according to the light that we have in him God has given us life on the inside of us through Jesus Christ he said I want you to release that life so when darkness tried to come it cannot overcome the light that's in you that the life have bought from me y'all don't get it so when we spend time getting educated on this is what this will do our focus is off of what was already done if you focus on what's already done darkness can't touch light y'all light what did it do it exposed light overcame the darkness and the darkness could not overtake the light so when things come upon this earth and you know who you are can't touch me i have been bought with a price what are you doing looking at get out of my face See, that's why you got to stay so focused on him that you can walk through it and nothing will happen to you. But when you're listening to everything that people say, you're looking for it. God forewarned you of what's yet to come. But he said, be still and know that I'm God. He know you got to live on this earth. This is why he equipped you with life. And he wants you to take this very life that he gave his son to give you. And he wants you to give it to somebody else so they can live on this earth without dying before your time. The problem is the church is not educated. Yeah. The church is not educated. What the church is educated on is what the world does. People talking too much on what the world is doing instead of what's already done. If he said, I have delivered you and I have rescued you for something. Then why would we go back to that when he took us out of that? I don't know nobody who got healed from something that want to go back into the pain that they had before. Any of y'all want to go through something tragic that you went through before? So why you do it? You know why we do it? Because our thinking is off. Because when our body feel a certain way and it don't feel that way no more, when we start thinking about how it used to feel, we go back into darkness. God said, I want you to stay in the light. I want you to stay in the light of what my word has already said. This is why it is a must church to keep our mind renewed. Not doing it sometime, not doing it when we feel like it, but we got to do it 24-7. Every opportunity we get, we should have the word of God plastered somewhere. This is why in the Old Testament, they said, put it where? Between your eyes, on your, let me go back. 
I don't want to mess it up. Go to Deuteronomy. God is reminding us what we need to be doing when it comes to the word of God. I think it was Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, verse 18 through 20. Remember my words with your whole being. You hear that? Remember my words with your whole being. Put these words of mine on your hearts, minds, and on your soul. We got to be well-rounded. Write them down and tie, bind them to your hands as a sign. Put them on your foreheads, between your eyes, to remind you. Teach them well to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on your doors, the uh, doorposts of your house and gates. Look at this. He was telling them, put it everywhere. Why? Because I want this to be before your eyes. I want this to be before your eyes, in your mind. I want it to get down in your heart. So this is how you're going to live. Now, in the Old Testament, if they're telling, if God is telling them to do this, and we have the word of God, everybody have a Bible or have a phone that they can pull up the word. Why aren't we keeping it before us? Why aren't we going in and out the word when we have in different situations in our lives? Why aren't we getting a concordance and say, okay, I'm having this situation. Let me see what the word has to say. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we studying to show ourselves approved a workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth? When we know that the word teaches us, the word corrects us, the word rebukes us, the word gives us instructions. Why aren't we going in the word? Because sometimes we get lazy and we want to hear it from somebody else instead of hearing it directly from God. We don't want to wait on God. We want somebody else to tell us what to do. And we begin to believe in that person more than than we're believing in God. But God taught them. He said, this is what you got to do. So if they had to do it, we still have to do it, y'all. We still have to take this word for what it is. Because I'm telling you, it's coming a time. The time is here now. Nothing man does is going to help. This is why God is teaching you ahead of time. This is why God is preparing you to tell you, get in it, stay in it. Because everything that man do, they're going to see that it fails. And they're seeing this. They're working hard to make things right. And they're seeing we can't make it right. It's not going to hold us. It's not going to keep us. We got to keep up with things. And don't you know man make mistakes? There is no failure with God. God does not fail. His word does not fail. This is why he said, heaven, everything is going to pass. He said, but my word is going to remain. My word was here before anything was here. Everything is held up by my word, by my power. So if we don't trust in this word, what else can we trust? Because we're seeing that man look at one thing one day, the next day he said, I'm so sorry, that wasn't right. And I'm going to tell you, y'all, it's, it's funny, but this happened to me with my income tax. God is bringing this before me. Oh, I was happy because I was getting a big refund. I went home smiling, knowing I was ready for the money. So next thing I know, the person that done the income tax, they called me. Miss Bryant, Miss Bryant. Is this Miss Bryant? Yeah, this is Miss Bryant. You're sitting down, Miss Bryant. You're sitting down. Matter of fact, I was laying down, but when he said that, I popped up. So he said, Miss Bryant, Miss Bryant, 
uh, we made an error on your income taxes. You won't be getting that. You'll be, I said, excuse me. I done sent that thing off. And when it come to my house, I'm cashing it. He said, well, we got to redo it, Miss Bryant. We got to redo it. I put my trust in that man. Because I heard so much about that man, that that man can help you with your taxes. He can get you some money back. Come on, when anybody say money, you ready to go to that person. Because if they done it for them, they're going to do it for you. Come on, somebody. Because I was recommended to that person. How many of y'all are recommended to people by the good word that somebody said about that person? But let that person mess up. Let them mess up. Because I told my daddy about this person. Daddy said, oh, Lord, I probably won't get back a quarter. <laughs> we laughed about it. Me and daddy laughed about it. So you, you know better, you do better. Amen. You messed me up one time. I ain't giving you another chance. <laughs> okay. But this word, when God says it, he don't change his mind. He said, I'm not man. Why did, why did this be why did he put this in the bible god is not man god is not man that he should lie then he turned around he said neither the son of man that i shall repent meaning i don't change my mind what i told you yesterday is the same thing i'm gonna tell you today why are you coming back to me with the same thing and i done told you Come on, we all done it. God give us a word. We come right back to him like he's a liar. Like we want him. God, I know you said this, but could you confirm this? Oh, you calling me a liar? Not really, but God, can you make it real? You calling him a liar. God, no, you don't know me well. You don't, you don't know me. You know about me because if you know me, you wouldn't be trying to tell me to do something to make it right. We get to a point in our lives that we say, God, you don't have to show me nothing. It ain't you, God. It's me. It's my he motions and it's my she motions because you told me that you're God and not man, that you should lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. Have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it unto me? Shall you not make it good? God, you're my father and you don't lie. You never have lied to me. You did it before and you've done it right now. So that's how we remind ourselves because the devil want us to think that our father that's which art in heaven, holla be liar his name. That's what he wants you to think. His name is holy. There is no sin in God. God don't make mistakes. God's word is pure. So when we go into his word. We go into his word with expectation, knowing that I have what I have asked for even before I go into it. Because I'm standing on God is not man. God, even though I'm going through a difficult situation, go with me to um, Isaiah 43. Even though we go through stuff and y'all, we're going to go through something. If we don't, something's wrong. All of us are going to go through something. It's, it's how you handle what you go through. Isaiah forty three eighteen says, 
Remember ye not the formal things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. Y'all look at God. What God is reminding us, he said, I don't want you to remember that past stuff. Now, he did remind them that God will remind us what he done in the past. But he don't want us to be dwelling on darkness. God said, when you're going through, do not think that you're not going to go through nothing. Going through stuff helps you to be stronger in the area that you're in. If you think that you're in this world and not going to go through something, the devil is lying to you. God said, when you go through the fire, I'm going to be there where you don't get burnt. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to go in that fire, but they knew about God when they went in and they come out not even smelling like smoke. Because when they went in, he went in with them and he surrounded them with protection and people knew you serving a mighty God how are people going to know who you serving if you're never persecuted if you're never talked about if you never go through stuff with your children with your husband with your wife come on whatever the enemy meant for your harm the bible said God are turning around he'll make it for your good God is not going to be made ashamed of, y'all. God is going to receive glory through that thing. That's why we got to stay focused. You can never look at what you have. What you have ain't enough. But what you have in him is more than enough. You don't look at your natural. You look at your supernatural. If supernatural say you can have a new house, you got a house. If supernatural say you can have a new car, you got a new car. Not based on your messed up, jacked up credit. It's what he say. And it ain't based on your income. It's based on his riches in glory. If you keep waiting on your income, you never get nothing. Because some of y'all income is just wiped out. You don't build upon other things and you can't get nothing. Got good credit scores, but your debt ratio is too high. But when you come to your father, the one that already know, God will take what's impossible and he'll make it possible if you believe. You don't have to prove nothing to him. He's God. <laughs> The only thing we got to do is say, this is what you said. I'm only stepping out on what you said. You know I only have $5 and I'm going to the gas pump, but you told me to go pump me some gas. Now I'm going to pump me some gas because I trust you. Fill it up. I'm doing it because you say fill it up. I filled it up. Now what you want me to do now? Go to the window. Because he know you can't use your old car because he ain't nothing on it. So I go to the window and tell him what pump I was on. The woman look at you, you look at the woman and she say, oh, it's taken care of. Hallelujah. I could have missed out on my full tank looking at natural. That's why you got to stay so focused on Jesus that you know what he said outside of natural. 
We're in a natural world bringing supernatural in the natural to let them know that he's El El Yon. He's the most high God. He ain't Buddha sitting there with no fire sticks and apples and fruit. He's God. When we walk in these nail shops, Buddha should bend down and, and bow down. They should say, my apples. What happened to my apples? It blew up. Every time you come in here, you mess with my apples. You mess with my fruit. That should tell you I serve LL y'all. Don't come back. Don't come back. <laughs> don't come back. Don't come back. Buddha ain't acting right. He not acting right. <laughs> they know L.L. Yon been up and down. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be a difference, y'all. People supposed to see him and not us. He's supposed to be glorified and not us. We revealing his glory. It's time for us to step into what we already have. So people will know where we're from. They'll say, you're not from here. Things you do ain't right. And then you begin to tell them about where you're from. I'm a citizen from the kingdom of God. I have a father that knows what I need when I need it. And I always get what I need when it's needed. So this is why you got to know where you're from. And when you remind yourself every day. This is not where I'm from. I'm from a kingdom that has everything that I need, that has more than enough. See, we've got too much reliance on each other. I don't care what kind of friend you have. There's no friend like Jesus. Friends will fail you. They will disappoint you. They will lie to you in your face. But God will never lie. He's about truth. Your husband, your wife will disappoint you. They will lie. They will tell you stuff that ain't right. Come on. Even parents, even children, even your dogs and cats will look at you and know they done wrong. Because you can tell how they looking, right, Jennifer? You know, and they, they know what they done, so they go run and hide. Come on, they know what they done. But one thing that I can say, one that sticks closer than a brother is Jesus. You can tell him all your secrets. You can tell him everything and he will not make it known. The only way he make it known is he got someone that he can really trust and depend on to give them that very word to give you. And don't give them the whole situation, but give you encouragement through what you're going through. But we have so much jealousy, we have so much envy, we have so much strife that's in the world that you're bringing it in the church. And the reason why you bring it with you in the church is because of the conversations that we have with one another. And then we bring it in the church and then we miss what God is saying so we can't stay focused on the word because our minds are elsewhere. That's why our focus have to be on him. We get excited about a lot of things, y'all. But if God ain't in that thing, you better slow your roll. Sometimes we can get overly excited and we miss God. God said, I don't want to be missed. 
Because what I have given you on the inside of you is not only for you, it's for somebody else. So we, God, want us to share this life he has given us. But how can we share something we don't know nothing about? So we have to stay focused on this word. So this word need to be before us. Go with me back to Numbers 21. Y'all know in the book of Numbers 21, it's talking about the Israelites again. And those Israelites, won't they find a way, y'all, to complain? We all do, don't we? They were complaining. And the thing that they was complaining about, look at verse 4. We know where they left from. And it said, but the people became impatient on the way. Our focus, to stay focused on Jesus, we cannot be impatient. We can become impatient, but we don't let that overcome us. They became impatient. Now, I imagine they did. They had a long journey. They became impatient, and this is what they said. And when they became impatient, they began to grumble. And they spoke against God and Moses. Now listen at this. This is how you know what people are holding on the inside. When something tragic happened in your life, or you become frustrated, or impatient, whatever you want to call it, or you become angry, whatever you've been holding is going to come out of you. So they began to grumble and complain against God and against Moses. And this is what they said. Why do you bring us out of Egypt? That was the whole saying the whole time. Bring us out of Egypt to die in this desert. There is no bread and no water. We hate this terrible food. What they were saying, they called the manna worthless. Come on, that's the word. They were eating from heaven. That was bread that was coming from heaven. How many of us, when we become impatient, How many of us, when we become angry, how many of us, when we become frustrated, look at the word as worthless? Some of you may say, no, I don't. I'm going to tell you how I know you do. Because anytime you're frustrated, anytime you're anxious, anytime you're going through a thing and you don't look in the word of God to solve it, you call it worthless. Don't say you haven't. Because if you look to anything or anybody more than you look to this word, when you become impatient with things are happening in your life, you saying the word is worthless. The word is meaningless. The word is nothing. This is what they saw when they were impatient. Some of us have been and some of us right now are where they were. We have become impatient. With our money, we have become impatient with our healing. We have become impatient with our marriages. We have become impatient with our children. But yet, through all of this impatience and this frustration, we have not once went to the word of God to see what the word has to say because we look at it as worthless, as useless, as no help to us. Shall we repent? Because you're only going to look to what will help you. So they called it worthless. We can stay there all day. We, we feel like this ain't helping me. But this is where your help come from. So after they said all of this, and this is what you do. When you become impatient, when you become anxious, when things of that nature hit you, you open a door of darkness. So the poisonous snakes came and the snakes bit the people. But guess who the snakes bit? The people. The one that they were blaming was Moses. Moses didn't get bit. Oh, let me talk. 
See, when you're blaming me or somebody else through your mishaps or what's going on around you and you the one going through and I ain't something wrong. The snakes bit the people. Moses didn't get bit. So who did they call? It wasn't Ghostbusters. The very one that didn't get bit, some of them died. The people came to the one they complained against. They came to Moses and said, we sinned, duh. We grumbled, duh. And spoke against you and the Lord. See, they had to repent of their mess. See, this is the problem with the church. We don't want to repent. We don't want to change our mind. When we think somebody done us wrong, we don't want to look at ourselves. We want to look at that person instead of saying, God, what did I do to cause this? We don't want to humble ourselves first and say, God, check me. I could have said something. I could have looked wrongly and it caused this person to feel this way. I was watching something, this judge show. And this judge had this lady working for her. And they were very close friends and they worked very good together. But when this judge was running for another office or something, um, they found out that the lady that was helping her, she was going around collecting uh, votes for her. But what they were saying that happened is she did it the wrong way. So the judge looked at her in a certain way and the lady said, you're looking at me like I'm guilty, like I would hurt you in some way. She said, no, I'm not saying that, but you shouldn't have done that. It's looking like a bribe. So this lady turned in her resignation. She said, why are you turning in your resignation? She said, because you should have known me better. I would never do anything like that to hurt you. Come to find out somebody had set her up to turn her and this lady against each other. But the lady did not give up. The judge did not give up on their friendship. So finally, the lady went to her and she said, this is why I was mad at you. I know your look. She said, I know how you look when something happens that somebody did something to you and that same look that you had you looked at me that way so you made me look guilty when I was innocent and I could not work for a person like that and she told her she said the look I gave you that look was not for you it was for the other side and you took it the wrong way what am I saying this is why God set up something in this word. Let's go to Matthew 18. Y'all, I'm just being led by the Spirit. I'm going wherever you tell me to go. Matthew 18. Listen at this. Starting at verse 15. Moreover, thy brother shall trespass against thee. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and as a publican. Then you can go into prayer. See, you got to know what the word of God is saying. You got to go to your... How can you go into prayer and you ain't doing what the word of God tell you to do? See, they had to repent. They had to go to Moses. They had to repent. When they came to Moses and we sinned, they had to say what they done. Some of us is going to brothers and sisters and not saying what we done. How can somebody forgive you if they don't know what you done? 
See, you're still in pride. When you cannot confess your mess, that means you feel like you ain't done your mess still. You just doing it half-heartedly. God wants your whole heart, not just part of it. He don't want you to think that you're done. He, you want people to think you've done something that you ain't really done. Because you don't want to be looked that differently. So they repented. They said, we spoke against you and we spoke against the Lord. Because if they're speaking against Moses, they're speaking against the Lord. Y'all remember that. If y'all speaking against someone that's trying to help you, you're not only speaking against them, you're speaking against the Lord because the Lord is sending them to you. Pray that the Lord would take away these snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. So y'all know what happened. The Lord said to Moses, see, you got to get these things out of your way that's blocking you from staying focused, from hearing what God wants you to do. So Moses, he, he prayed to the Lord. The Lord said, make a brown, uh, a bronze snake and put it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, that person will live. So Moses did what the Lord said. He put it on a pole. It said the person that looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So what is he saying? The more focused you stay on me and what I did for you, it will keep you from getting bitten. It will help you to live. Even though they were being bitten by those poisonous snakes, they were bit. Some of us have been bruised. Some of us has been hurt. Some of us has been rejected. Some of us has been neglected. Come on. Some of us has been through some stuff. But if we focus on him instead of focusing on what everybody done, come on, we can get through it. Your focus have to be on him, not your hurt. You have to say, Lord, I'm hurt. Lord, I'm so hurt. I can't believe they done it, but it's done. Now, I need for you to heal my broken heart. I need for you to bind up all my wounds. Because, God, I need this in order to go to that person. Because right now, I don't feel like I need to go. But I'm going to be obedient because your word is telling me to go. But work on my heart, Lord. You got to be honest. This is why the church is so divided. We got hypocrites. We got play actors going to people and saying, I'm sorry, but you ain't sorry. You ain't really sorry. You still thinking that person done you dirty, but you say, I'm so sorry. I love you. You lying. Because if you don't go into this word and let the word of God get into you, you're going to go right back to that same pattern and it's going to be worse than it was before. Because you're doing what you're asked to do, but you're not doing it from the heart. Come on, somebody. You're in a root up and tear down ministry. God puts you in a place that everything that's holding you, God wanted uprooted so you can stay more focused on him than you stay and focus on those things. Because when a person is in the spirit, they see right through you. So this is why you need to say so focus on the word that you know the difference. Go with me to number, well, let's go to Exodus 14. We're still talking about staying focused. Y'all know this too. Y'all know what happened in the book of Exodus, the 14th chapter. They had gotten out of Egypt. God had given them a word. God told them they were going to the promised land. Oh, they were happy. They were coming out of Egypt, right? But then in Exodus 14, 10 through 12, when the Israelites saw the king and his army coming after them, they were frightened and cried to the Lord for help. Come on, if you see in that great army, they've been in bondage for years. 
They knew how Pharaoh was. So they began to cry out to the Lord because they looked up and they saw him. So there was some fear there. There was some panic there. And they said to Moses, what have you done? Look, look at this scene. What have you done to us? Now, first of all, Moses didn't pick the millions of people up and ride them on his back out of Egypt. They had a will. They had a choice to come out of Egypt. Did they not? They had two legs and some feet, didn't they? So they walked out of Egypt on their own. So look at, they blame it. You, you got to blame somebody. What have you done to us? Why did you bring us out? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why didn't you let us die in the desert? Go on, die then. They were plenty of graves for us in Egypt. Why didn't you stay in Egypt? We told you in Egypt, let us alone. We will stay and serve the Egyptians. Now we will die in the desert. They come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. They were still in a dark place, even though they had the light with them. He was a cloud by day. He was a fire by night. They had him with them, but they were still grumbling and complaining every time something popped up. So you know their minds were so unrenewed that every time something tragic popped up, they went back to darkness. Come on, let's talk about us. Every time something difficult happened in our lives, where do we go? Do we talk the word? Do we stay focused on the word? I always talk about my granddaddy because the whole time I was around him, no matter what come up, he still spoke the word. No matter how bad it looked, he still spoke the word. And I'm looking at him like, what's wrong with you? But he knew that the word is what brings life. He knew that the word is what brings light. So he stayed focused on what he knew, what he believed in. The more you stay in a thing, that's what you're going to believe. You're not going to turn away from that thing. You hear it, but you're saying, nope, I'm not denying it, but I'm not accepting it. Because that ain't what he said. We have to know so much about what God is saying in this time that we're living in. We're not moved by what somebody else say. We unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Come on, when we're in the word of God, the word of God is just showing us him. It's showing us how people lived according to him. So our focus have to be on who? Him. Our focus cannot be on how we feel or what we think it's going to be like. We have to say, God, this is what you're saying. I'm praising you based on what you said. I'm giving you glory based on what you said, God, because you're still God. So our focus, and this is why they had Moses to bring them back to the place they needed to be. Fear thou not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Those that you see now, you're not going to see them again. So Moses had to stay focused on who? On Jesus. He had to stay focused on what God said. He had to put it. And then after he said that, God already knew his thinking. So he said, why are you still talking to me? (laughs) Move forward. God had to get him back right. So guess what he did? He put his focus back on what God said. What's in your hand, Moses? 
See, the, the spirit, the Lord will speak to you in those situations and say, get up. Don't be laying in that. Get up and begin to praise me now. Get up and begin to look to the hills from which cometh your help. Get up. Don't lay in that. See yourself with what I said. This is why God, when he was creating the heaven and the earth, he knew that there were darkness. But what God did, he was life, y'all. God took him, took himself. And that's when life came into the universe. When God said, let there be light, the light came through the life of God. It wouldn't have been none. And it was not the light that brought, you know, the stars and the moon and stuff. This was light that was coming from himself to give the world what they need, life. Y'all don't get it? God is life. He is the source of life. So when he was creating everything, his life was put out there. And he spoke what he wanted to be. Light be. And he saw that it was good. You got to start seeing. We got to start seeing what we're saying. Don't just say it, but begin to see it. That's when you know you got it. Go with me. To Second Kings six, we're familiar with this. Second Kings, the sixth chapter, verse thirteen through seventeen. Y'all know what was happening. Elijah was giving the king of Israel the battle plans. The devil got mad, so they was gonna go and get Elijah. They were gonna go and kill Elijah. So the king told him in verse 13, go find him. So that's what they did. They told him where he was. The enemy will always find you. You know that, right? When you're doing a good thing for the Lord, he's going to find you. Verse 15. Elijah, the man of God's servant, got up early. And when he went out, he saw an army with horses and chariots all around the city. Can you imagine waking up and you seeing all this around your house? The servant said to Elijah, oh, no, at last, my master. Lord, what can, will we do? Now, check this out with Elijah. Elijah said, don't be afraid. How could Elijah say that? Because Elijah's focus was on what he had. Elijah's focus was on what he had. So now he's telling him what he has. He said, the army that fights for us is larger than the one against us. Those with us are more than those with them. Now check this, what Elijah had to do. Elijah already saw the army. Because his focus was on what he had. Everywhere he went, he knew he had protection because he was delivering the word of God. So now he's saying, God, I need for you to open his eyes. He, Elijah's eyes was already open. He already saw what he was saying. So when he opened his eyes, the servant began to see what Elijah was saying. Unless we agree, unless two agree, how can they walk together? So they had to be in agreement, just like husband and wife. I can believe one thing, my husband can believe another. We're not in agreement, so we don't need to move. We need to come to agreement. I need to state my case. He need to state his case. If he stayed in his case based on the word, I need to hush. And I need to go on what the word is saying and not on how I'm feeling. And it's vice versa with me. So unless... Two walk together, how can they be agreed? You cannot be praying with people that ain't believing what you believe in. If you believe in in healing and they're not, you don't need to pray with them. Because that prayer ain't going nowhere. 
You need to know, okay, what do you believe? Okay, we can't do this. <laughs> See, sometimes we, we pray with people because they know, they say they know the word. They can quote scripture after scripture. But then when I, when you say, well, you know, I'm believing this right here and I'm standing on this. Well, if it's his will, excuse me, if it's his will, you will be healed. So we're going to pray if it's his will. No, that's what you go pray by yourself. Because the Bible tells me what his will is. Now, what Bible are you reading? Because every time somebody went to him, it was his will to heal and he healed. So what Bible are you reading? His will is to heal. That came in when he saved us, when he delivered us. Not only from sin, everything that represents darkness, he paid the price for it. So it's his will for us to be healed. So you cannot tell me we're going to pray if it's his will. I'm not praying that. That's going against what his will is. His will is his word. His word said he sent his word and he has healed us. Why would he send something and not heal us, please? His word said by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. So where are you getting it from? There was a leper that went to him and he said, if it's your will, you can heal me. He said, I will. So where are you getting that from? It was a woman that had an issue of blood. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garments, I shall be healed. She touched his garment. The virtue come out of him. If it wasn't his will to be healed, why did the virtue come out of him for her to be healed? It was two blind men saying, have mercy on us. And he had mercy on them and they, they received their sight. So if it ain't his will, why did they receive their sight? It was a man with a withered hand. He scratched, told him to scratch forth his hand. He scratched forth his hand and he was healed. So if it ain't his will for him to be healed, why did he tell him to scratch forth his hand? So where is this coming from? It's coming from a lack of knowledge. Ignorance. And it's putting that in the mind of people to be on the knees at the altar. Oh, Lord, if it's your will, come by. He's already here. He's in you. Let him out. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. Duh. We're one with him. As he is, so are we in this world. We're joined unto the Lord. Just let him out. Please let him out. Lord, just touch me. Come by here. Come by here. Come by here. Oh, Lord, he, he got to come because his knees hurt. He's been at the altar too long. So when we know what the will of God is, that's what we say. That's what we do. So we see what happened with Elijah. So God is saying our focus has to be on him. We have to Stay from around negative folks. We got to stay from around people that say they believe God, but seem like when it's getting worse, they tell you, try this, try that, do this, do that. But what did God say? When you're so focused on him, you know what he has already said, and you're not trying to do nothing to get anything done. Only thing you doing is going by what he said. And you live in according to what he's saying so God is saying let me leave this scripture with you when I was saying that you cannot hang around 
negative people. Go with me to Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. You cannot go to the ungodly and get counsel just because they're quoting the word, following their device, their plans and purposes, nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the markers gather. We don't do that. But our delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And then the word of God tells us what to do with that law. No, it just say meditate when you want. It said meditate when you want. Meditate when you want. When you need it, meditate on it. Now what it say? What Bible you read? Uh-huh. Cuz some of us are out of alignment. We meditate on it when we want to meditate when we got time. I don't have time today to get in no word. Do you know what time I get in the bed? Do you know what time I got to get up? But God always have time for us. And that's exactly what it says. Meditate. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law. In his law do he meditate day and night. Day and night. Now when you do this. When you do what the word says. This is what you get from doing it. And it says. And he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. If things are not happening in your life the way they need to. It's because you're not where you need to be. If you're not in that word like you need to be. You'll fall for anything. Let me explain peace to you before I close. Go with me to St. John, the 14th chapter. Y'all know Jesus was going to be with the Father, and he was saying, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, also believe in me, right? But then it's something that Jesus began to say. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. You got to know the difference between his peace And the world peace, not as the world giveth I unto you. You got to know the difference. The difference between the world peace and God's peace is this. The world is at peace when things calm down. When it looked like there's no reports and no kind of COVID. The world is at peace, feel like they can do their own thing. God's kind of peace is a peace in the midst of trouble. You at peace. When you're in the storm, you at peace. That's God's peace. See, God's peace lets not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. So even though the bills are piling up and don't know where the money comes, I'm at peace. Even though my body is going through, I'm still at peace. Even though my children is cutting the food, I'm still at peace. Even though my job is acting crazy, I'm still at peace. Because I have the life of God in me. 
And everywhere I go, he goes with me. So even though the world is cutting up, I got the God kind of peace in me that brings me rest. That keeps me. But when you feel peace based on how you feel, that ain't God's peace. Let me say it again. See, the enemy tricks us. We at peace when the bank account look right. Right? When your money look right, you at peace. When you get a raise, you at peace. You can smile a little bit. When there's no money in the bank, you should be at peace. That's God's peace. Because you know who's your your source. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. He maketh me. Not me. To lie down in green past. He restores my soul. He leadeth me beside what? Still waters. Come on. Come on now. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because some things you walk through seem like death. But he said, you will fear no evil. Why? Thou art. That's peace. See, what we do, we wait to something get right to have peace. But the peace that's in you is knowing it's already right. I got peace. You can talk up some peace, but is it God's peace? We can talk up stuff to make us feel good thinking it's God, but it don't have to be. See, God's peace keeps you calm. You're not disturbed. You're not worried. You're just at peace. His kind of peace is the peace that you're trying to figure out. Why do I have this kind of peace with this going on? That's when you know you're in God's peace. See, when the banks say no and God has said yes, you're at peace. You can walk in there with confidence and say, check it again. Ma'am, we can't give you this today. Go check it again. And then they come back with their eyes booked. I don't know what could have happened. I know. You said no, but God just said yes. That's God's peace. But if you're not in the word of God, you're not going to know his peace. You're going to go on how you feel and what it looked like. If I had a went on how I felt and what it looked like on my job and every other areas in my life, y'all would be standing here today. You're going to have challenges in this world, but it's not for you to leave those challenges. It's for you to say, this is who I serve. This is what God is saying for such a time as this. You speak the word in the midst of what you're going through and watch God move whatever's in front of you. But he's just making you. To be home, he would have you to be. That's why our focus has to stay on him. Y'all, it is a tidal wave coming. And if your focus is not on him, you're going to get wrapped up in that tidal wave. Quit listening to everybody that think they know. If they don't know God, they're going to be in a mess. Even Christians.
because they're too interested and waiting to see what man is going to do about this. You have what you need right here and now, and we are the source of life. He put life in us to give to the world. That's the purpose for us to give life in this dying world. He got it in you to give it out. Just like he gave it to Jesus to give to us. Jesus gave it to us. Now he said, I want you to give it to others so that life that's in you can bring the light that can overcome the darkness that's in the world. But we're spending too much time trying to get everything we can get from the world that we can't even give what the world needs. Because we're spending too much time trying to get material stuff. We're spending too much time doing what the world is doing and we're missing what we're here for. To give this life that was given unto us. This eternal life, this Zoe life, this abundant life. It's time for the church to get our minds off of us and put our minds on the commission that God has given us. It ain't about titles. It's about sonship. It's about giving life to a dying world. God loved this world so much that he gave. He said, give what I gave you. Life. There are blessings and curses. There's life and death. He said, choose life that you may live. So let's stay focused on Jesus and take our minds off of wanting to be exalted Wanted people to hear me, see me, be attached to me. Sometimes as long as it's about us, we okay. But when people ain't talking about us no more, we got to stir us back up again. Stay focused on Jesus and allow him to move the way he need to move in our lives and in the lives of others. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. God is so good, y'all. He's bringing it. He's bringing it, but we got to use what he's bringing. This ain't no joke. God has given us what we need, y'all, but it's for us to use it. Do we have any? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.com. God bless you and we'll see you next time.